Drink it in now. Deep left side carry on. Picks on the block. At the five. At the two. At the one to the end zone. Touchdown Detroit Lions. Drink it in now. Get up Stafford throws. It is end zone. Detroit Kool-Aid, Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers. We are here on a Friday. This is a victory week. We we got a big dub ski against the WFT. I mean, most of you out there saying are saying WTF, but no, the Lions went in there and got the W. I mean, they 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 they, they this was almost a blowout. This was like 23 to or 24 to three, whatever it was. The Lions let the lead get away. Matt Prater had to knock down a 59-yard bomb at the buzzer. We talked about that a little bit. We laughed and carried on with Logan Lamarandier on Wednesday. And here we are on a Friday, serving up that Detroit Kool-Aid, as you know we do here twice a week on the show. Drink it in, man. And I serve up the Kool-Aid. We also have the other side, which Griffka, now that they're winning, is probably drinking in some of that Honolulu Blue, uh, you know, Hawaiian Punch. Or maybe he's got the Mio that I told him about. Maybe he's going with so it's something old school. And I don't know what he's drinking these days, but I, he's got to be drinking that Detroit Kool-Aid because we're on a win streak. If they start to lose... You know what he's going to do, but he's here on a Friday, his favorite day of the week. Grifka, how you doing, man? Detroit Kool-Aid in the house. How are you this week? Oh, you know how I'm doing, man. I'm doing good. Doing good. It's Friday. I mean, I, I know everybody missed it last week. I mean, nobody knew what to do last weekend because I'm the one that gives out the weather report. You know, Derek, <laughs> and, you know, good solo show. But once again, you missed the weather, so nobody knew what to do. Everybody just like, hanging out inside. Grifka, people you, people you, didn't you, know if it was going to be sunny or cold <laughs> or chilly or whatever. But just to let you know, people, it is going to be cold here in Michigan this weekend. I mean, compared to what it was, I mean, we're still looking at, you know, maybe high 30s, low 40s. You know, there's a chance of snow Sunday night, so which means fine. So prepare yourself for that snow. Why don't you guys stay inside Sunday, watch the Lions take on Carolina. And uh, this weekend on the menu for myself, you know, it is going to be chilly, but I don't want chilly this weekend. And that's for you, Derek, right there. I'm thinking more. This is going to be one of, uh, like, probably they're going down to Carolina. Carolina, what's Carolina known for? Barbecue. Looking at, you know, probably some, you know, uh, you know, chopped pork, you know, barbecue that. That sounds good. That's what I'll be uh, partaking in this weekend watching the game. Some uh, barbecue. And... Oh, so you got a good, you're forgetting barbecue. You have to have cornbread and the Kool-Aid. Oh, Grifka. Drink it in, man. Cornbread. I'll give it to you, but, and. It's Friday, oh, oh, Grifka. TGIF, man. So I see what happens. I miss a Friday. That's what happens. TGIF. Thank God it's Friday. Oh, oh my goodness, Grifka. Like, I was about to give you kudos. <laughs> <laughs> because you went to the chili gimmick, which I thought was funny, and I was going to ask you if you didn't go to it, what's a synonym for something when it's not 
freezing, but it's also not warm. And then I was going to ask you what a good food might be on a Sunday, but you already beat me to that punch. But then you forgot the acronym, and, and I got to bust your chops because that's kind of what I do on the show. You acted like because I boycotted the show on on Wednesday. That you just, therefore, you could not do a show. You could not give people a weather report. You could not do your duty of giving people Lions info. You could have. You just the you just the lazy boy scouting VP of player personnel what? here on the show. You want and you strike. couldn't bust out so, a solo one, show you, like I did. Strike. I'm you the, want, one, you're the one. You're the one who wanted to strike the week, so you're obviously the scab. I'm not. I held the word the strike. I was. I was solidarity, man. You're like, let's strike this week. I'm like, okay, if you want to. And then you cross the picket line. I nope. said I couldn't do it. And then I encouraged you to do a show in in place of my, my frustration. You didn't. I had to then pick up the slack, which I normally do every week, and knock out nearly an hour solo show where I entertained the people. I got all fired up. I even would just was frustrated like you often are and went on and on about horrible players like, I don't know, Jamie Collins, Justin Coleman's on my radar this, this week. You know, we got Okuda not playing. Playing. All these people just let me down. Oh, wait, let's not even get into your favorite, the linebacker position. But then I served up the Kool-Aid at the end, got everybody hyped for Washington. And what happened? Jamie Collins played better. The Lions got a W. And here we are on Friday getting ready to go to Carolina and do some more business. So, I mean, again, I, 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 I put the work in. I got to do all the extras. You sit there with your feet up. But we're back. I, I drug you in to do a podcast this week. You better have some good questions for me, or you know I might just uh, you have to get after you like I've been known to do on a Friday. So, you know, you better bring it today. Okay. Uh, we'll see what we can do. I don't know why you'd be all riled up after a big W like that, but okay. That's I'm riled up because you didn't give the people a show in my ap- absence, and then I gave them a solo show, and they came through and got a W, which I'm sure you were sitting there thinking, oh, we'll probably lose to the WFT, and they didn't lose. They hit a buzzer-beater field goal. We're 4-5. and five. I'm trying to go beat Carolina this week and then see what happens on Turkey Day. So I'm fired up at you, and I'm fired up about this team. Let's see what we can get done today. Okay. Well, I'm going to start off with this where, you know, halfway through the season oh, and uh, once again, they're game under 500. So this is for you, Derek, because I know, you know, a lot of people are doing it. I've seen this already. Um, where do you think this team is at or what would you want to do with this team? Are you looking to make the playoff push with them? Or are you kind of like, okay, let's try to tank to get the uh, best uh, draft pick we can get. Where are you at? Griffka, is, is this a real question right now? Is this the first thing you're going to tee up to me after we, we we missed a week, then we had a fun show with Logan? This is what you're bringing to the table right now? Well, I know you had a week off of me, and you probably got your blood pressure down, so I didn't want to come at you really hard and ask you about Calvin Johnson wanting to play with Aaron Rodgers. So we're not even going to talk about that. So, yeah, I want to know where you're at with this team. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm going to let that Calvin Johnson thing slip because I, I really will go off on a 15-minute tangent if we even bring that up. I had a couple people on Twitter come after me telling me about how the organization did him wrong. Oh, he was so beat up. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, how dare they take his money. They took like $2 bucks. He made like 100 Grifka, this guy had finger injuries. Poor him. He played wide receiver. He was 6'5", 220 pounds. And they're talking about how beat up he was. What did he get tackled? Three, four 
times a game, maybe five. Oh, I feels bad for you. I think I told somebody, let's go start a GoFundMe for your pinky or your index finger injury that you had. I mean, where, where, where did that interview, where did that quote go down, Griff? I'm just curious, maybe who had that exclusive. I can't remember. I saw a whole bunch of spots, though. Come After on. that came on, I think it was on his podcast. It was on a podcast that he mentioned. No, I can't you, remember which one, you know it's the DB. You know it's him and the DB sitting by doing a fireside chat like they do every year. Nobody wants to talk about that. And yeah, I called him a quitter on Twitter. He's a quitter, man. He gave up on his team. He gave up on his teammates, and his contract wasn't up. He walked away from the game. Last time I checked, that's quitting. Last time I checked, that's not living up to your contract. Last time I checked, that's not what a true competitor does at the highest level so you you know my takes on Calvin I'm not going to go on a big rant I'm not going to talk about you know just all why he's got to take pot shots at the Lions or why Dave Burkett thinks he's best buddies with number 81 I mean there's just no time for that Griff but don't you think should I probably get to your ridiculous question that you asked me yeah I'd much rather have you get to my ridiculous question okay will do so Griffka let me ask you this question like where do you think, what do you think my answer is going to be when the team's four and five coming off a victory? What do you think I'm going to say tank or, 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 or go for the playoffs? I mean, I, I'm just curious. Hold on. Let, let me, let me hand you a glass for your answer. Drink it in. Uh... Go ahead. What do you think I'm going to say here? Um, I think you have them winning out and trying to make playoffs. Exactly. The fact that you would ask me, are we going to tank shows me again that you have no comprehension for like what I try to tell you on this show. You're probably thinking, oh, I got to ask Okri this because he might he might want to play for the draft pick. He loves the draft. He loves cheap players. Oh, he wants to rebuild. He said he's done with Matt Patricia. He's seen enough. I bet you he's probably going to say draft. Grifka. This team is nearly 500. They're in the playoff race. They're relatively healthy at the right positions. Why am I going to be like all the SOL fans, all the negative people out there, a lot of people that you're probably buddies with, that want to clown this team and want to act like, oh, they're just not good enough. I'm so smart because they haven't been good enough for 30 years, so this year, therefore, they're not good enough. Why do I want to do that when I'm looking at the schedule, knowing that they're playing a beat-up Carolina team, they got Houston, which has Deshaun Watson and, uh, yeah, I'll wait. And, and then we play psh, at Chicago, probably in the windy, cold, terrible weather. You're telling me we can't get two or three or all three of those ball games? We're right in this right now. Do I love the way they're playing top to bottom? No. Do I come on the show every week when you ask me questions like this and say, Grifka, the NFL is not a perfect game. You're not going to like have everything work out perfect. You're not going to have 10, 12 fo- pro bowlers on the team. This Lions team is hanging in there. They got things that are very frustrating. I am a little bit on the outs, excuse me, with Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn because they consistently show me things that either aren't panning out or some of their picks that I've tried to justify for a year and a half, two years on the show have just proved that they can't play football, but they got enough offensive firepower and got enough people on defense there's no way at this point that you should be mentioning to me about tanking, playing for draft picks. We're at week 10 right now, basically. They played nine football games. Like, no. 
Like you're going for playoffs. You're going for W's. Do I know that this is going to work and that this whole regime is going to be back? No, I'm not saying that, but this is definitely not that speech I'll give you if they do go in the tank and then there's like three games left. They can't make the playoffs. They can't win anything. Their team's all beat up where you hear me say, yeah, now is smart to, to go for the draft pick because winning does you nothing. You know what winning does right now? It gives you a chance to salvage this. It gives you a chance to get in the playoffs and gives you a chance to have a good football season, which most teams in the NFL are 7-9, 8-8, 9-7, maybe 10 wins. All those are still realistic right now for the Lions. I know you don't think so. I know a lot of people don't think so, but it's reality. There's no tanking. There's nothing but Detroit Kool-Aid here on a Friday. Let's go get one dub, and then we'll worry about the second. And once we get that, then we'll worry about the third. Let's go. Drink it in, man. Okay. Um, so uh, just a quick piggyback to that, I guess, is my biggest thing. Is uh, say things don't work out. You know, uh, say something happens this week. You know, uh, some crazy happens, you know, against you know, the Texans or whatever. Is there a, I don't know, is there a spot where you like, you kind of flip the script and say like, okay, now it's time. Gosh, this is, this is a Grifka piggyback. If there ever was one, I give them a big hyped up speech about the Detroit Kool-Aid drink it in. Here's, here's what they're going to get together. And his piggyback is, but what if the sky does fall? Then what? <laughs> Gosh, Grifka. Well, you they do have a tough stretch at the end. Week. They really have a tough stretch at the end. So that's kind of what I'm looking at. So they're going to have to rack up some wins against, like you said, these next three games. I think they're going to have to win all three of them to even have a chance because they got what? Green Bay, Minnesota, Tampa Bay. I mean, they got they got some tough games down the stretch. So, yeah, they're going to need these three, you know, to make that happen against the other ones. Okay, but this proves my point of, of, of Kool-Aid versus the, the negative waffle maker. Like, I'm looking at the next game against the Carolina Panthers with no Teddy, no Christian McCaffrey, no other players that put the fear of God in you. And you're down in like late December, January, worrying about the games we're going to lose. I mean, let's deal with this one that we're <laughs> going to win right off. now. <laughs> like, like Grifka, is there a point if they if they lose these games and then they stumble down the stretch? Am I telling you like against Tennessee, Tampa Bay, and Minnesota that hey maybe the you got to get rid of everybody? Let's start over. Yeah, I could see that as a scenario, but that's not that's not Detroit Kool Aid quality. That's not a Friday type quality right now. We're trying to go beat Carolina on Sunday before we start worrying about games we're going to lose in in a month and uh, a month plus. Plus, your premise about oh, what if what if we lose to Houston, Grifka? We know that's not happening. That's Thanksgiving every year. You tell me you just chalk up a W. Why? Because they always win on Thanksgiving. Nobody knows that. <laughs> right. That's your logic every year. Yet, if you look at the records, they probably don't have a very good winning record on Thanksgiving. But you say that, again, with a lot of your other logic, because you decided it years ago that they always win on Thanksgiving when that's not really the case. But why are we talking about a loss on Thanksgiving when all they do is win on Thanksgiving? Per at Grifka DKC on Twitter. That's not even a point right now. So I'm just here to tell you, quit throwing cold water on everybody. Instead, pour that hot a little blue Kool-Aid on it. Let's go get a W this week. Let's not worry about December and January right now. 
And the only time you're going to hear me come on here and say lose because of the draft pick is when there's nothing to play for. And we can go from pick eight to pick three or whatever we did the last couple because we lost out instead of a what's Griff could say at the end of the year. I just want to win because everybody I just like to win. OK, well, that doesn't make sense at, at some point. But that point is not right now. <sighs> want to catch your breath? I, th- I think I'm okay. I don't know. <laughs> this is a challenging show right now, but I, I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get the positive Grifka back after a W. Like I don't want to hear about what if this, what if that, unless it's what if we beat Carolina, then what if we beat Houston, then what if we beat Chicago, then what if we uh, just absolutely slap around your boy Aaron Rodgers? That's what I want to hear about here on a Friday on the Detroit Kool Aid Cast, Grifka. Let's go. Okay. Um, you brought up against Carolina. You know, we're playing Carolina, and they have uh, Christian McCaffrey, who's you know a little bit dinged up right now. And on Wednesday's show, we uh, touted uh, the greatness or the greatness, um, how good DeAndre Swift is, um, is starting to come into his own. If you were starting a team right now and had to pick a running back, and those were the two on the board, which one would you take? <laughs> Grifka, like you know my tagline on Fridays, don't you? There's never been a better way to use it than right now. Is this a real question? Did you just ask me if I'd rather have McCaffrey or Swift? Yes. And you're you're serious? Of course. (laughs) Grifka, I serve up that Detroit Kool-Aid, but I mean... Just look at the production. Look at the players. Like, oh, I, thank I, God! I'm so glad. I'm so glad you didn't go Homer Boy right there on that. Jeez, I sorry to cut you off. I really thought you were gonna. Take <laughs> I'm like, oh God, please, Derek, use your head on this. Use your head. That's all I could think. So, please finish your answer. Okay. Yeah. This is. This is. I mean, again, I serve up the Kool Aid, but I also think I give some very, uh, you know. Well thought out takes. I don't know. You can find me at Derek Oakery on Twitter. I know the at Grifka DKC account is blank until you get something right or until you want to pretend you got something right. Or if somebody says something halfway agreeing with you, you, you jump on it. But I put out stuff all the time, positive and negative. There is no way you're going to find me, the the king of fantasy football, the king of, of draft analysis, sitting here saying DeAndre Swift is a better player right now than Christian McCaffrey is. But you know what he does have? He's the most dynamic player, as I said on Wednesday, on this Lions team. He has more just absolute juice than I've seen in a long time. And he's got a great skill set, and he's super confident and swaggy. So he's the best the Lions have, but he's not McCaffrey-esque. He's got a somewhat similar skill set, but, I mean, you're taking CMC all day. But I think we should be very lucky, happy, and excited to have Dion. Dre Swizzle here in Detroit. Okay, just a quick piggyback to that then. If you were picking a dad, would you pick Christian's dad, who played in the NFL for a number of years, or DeAndre's dad, who obviously could bench press, you know, Christian's dad? 
Griffin, this is your this is a good question. This is the first one of, of, of the week for you, I think. I mean, gosh, like 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 give me give me Swift's dad all day. I mean, have you seen the guy? He, he's yoked. I mean, he's just a an absolute powerhouse. He's got the crazy beard with the no hair, which I always think is a funny look. Like, let me shave my head, but let me grow a crazy beard. <laughs> like I mean, if anything, you might want to take the beard hair and try to get something up top. Might might work. I don't know. But I saw Mr. Swift when I was in the ATL, actually, and he looked dieseled out as could be. And I said, what's up, Mr. Swift? Let's get one. And he just gave me that head nod like, yeah. <laughs> like, so, <laughs> so that was pretty cool. Like, I, if he would have answered any other way, I would have been disappointed. But the fact that he was just he was just power walking to wherever his seat was, he was like, yeah. Like, that was perfect answer from him. And, like, you hear Swizzle talk in his postgame pressers, and he's the same way. He's like you know, stupid DB or the slouch asks him a question. He's like, so I was ready. I, I you know, I, I prepare all week. Uh, I'm ready to go. Uh, coaches have faith in me. Uh, I think I can go out and make plays. God bless me with this talent. And he just sits there quietly and they're like, Oh, you done? And he's like, he, he said what he needed to say. He was positive straight to the point. Uh, no nonsense. Great dude. So, you know, g- give me Swift and give me Swift's dad when it comes to that side of things. No nonsense. Uh, you know, I don't think Swift could, could, you know, outdo his dad in the weight room. But DeAndre Swizzle's a hell of a football player. I'm glad to have him on the Lions. And I love it when he shuts down the media with these short questions or short answers to these ridiculous questions that he gets. He's just like, I'm ready to play ball. Let's go. Give me the football. I'm ready to play. I feel confident. And, and that's it. So I think that that's great. I just... Gosh, what a what a great guy! Can't wait to watch play the next few years. Okay. Um, I'm sure you don't want to uh, touch base on Aaron Rodgers, Calvin Johnson. How many more Super Bowls Aaron Rodgers may have if he had Calvin Johnson? Griffin, do you do you know the context? Like, I don't even want to. Like, you think I would actually read or put my time into this garbage? But do you even know what he said? Give me the context, and I'll go off if you want me to. Well. You pretty much said like after a you know after a game, Aaron Rodgers would you know as as teams are shaking hands, you know he would say to him it's like hey man wish you were here and Calvin Johnson would be yeah I wish I could be or you know or something like that is how he responded. So I don't know if that meant you know we would wish he could but he was stuck in Detroit due to contract or he wished he could but he couldn't stand playing in Green Bay because their uniforms are ugly and but. uh I'm not for sure what the retort meant, but that's pretty much what he said. So everybody took it as he wanted to bail on Matt Stafford to go play with Aaron Rodgers. Oh my gosh. It's like, I don't even know where to go right now. Cause what, I don't know how much time we got left in this show, but oh, I'm going to take a deep breath right now. Grifka. Okay. <sighs> Calvin Johnson, would you just go away, please? Like n- nobody wants to hear from you. I, I I was I was on record on Twitter of saying like nobody's nobody's crying a river for you that the Lions took some mean, minuscule money from you. First and foremost, I heard you on some other podcast, which again I didn't seek it out, but I had to hear it on the radio or on a, some other podcast. They played a clip where you were like, "No, man, I took my money. I ain't coming around to do their bidding." Calvin, they paid you over a hundred. I wish I had the figure. I keep saying a hundred million. I guarantee it's a lot more than that. 
you made all this money in endorsements. You get you, you got the audacity to laugh it off that you smoked weed all the time and you were just all doped up. I never practiced. That's my other thing. Everybody acts like he's this tireless worker. When, when did Calvin Johnson ever hit the practice field? What, like like once a month? Maybe he'd get out there and, and run a route or two? Like, wow, like, man, you're just you're just putting out your all on the line for the team. Then people want to come out, oh, he, he put his all out there on the football field. He got tore up while he, when he was playing. Really? Because there's probably only like, you know, 10 times or less where he really got blown up on what a pass that he was receiving or what what he run a couple end arounds where he actually got tackled by a linebacker. Wow, I really feel sorry for you You were a wide receiver. I'm sure the the linemen, the linebackers, the defensive ends that are just crashing into people play after play, down after down, year after year. I'm sure they feel really bad for a guy that's 6'5", 220 pounds, that stands out wide, catches maybe six passes a game if he's lucky, maybe 10 on a good day, and gets tackled, you know, six, eight of those times. It's just, he's just hurting, man. Oh, he just took a beating in the league. Or, or were you just a little bit soft, and now you want to cry about it, and you want to cry about this money? That's all this is about. They asked him, what's the problem? Money. They took my money. What about all the money they gave you? And, like, what What do we want Calvin back for? What do you, what's this guy? He's never talked anyway. What's he going to come back and just, like, stand around and be quiet? Like, I don't see you doing any great things out in the community or any big speeches anyway. So, just like, I, I'm not clamoring to have this guy back it's like people are like well you must think barry's a quitter then too barry sanders went away didn't say a damn thing that i knew about again i can't say i was locked and loaded on what he was up to or you know he didn't have the social media like we do now but i didn't see barry popping up every week bashing the lions or, or saying oh i wish i let, let me get back to your other point griff about oh i wish i would have played with aaron Rodgers. i'll come get me or oh i want to play like what would you say? The jerseys didn't look good? Really? Did that come out of his mouth? He couldn't play in those oh. jerseys? Yeah. No, that, I, that... Said, I don't know if he went there because he thought the jerseys looked bad. I, I don't know. You said that or he said that? I said that. Okay. You said that. Well, that's a horrible take by you. If he would have said that, that just shows me even more what this guy was about. He's about the money. He was about trying to get out of the league as soon as he can and then claim, oh, my knees, my hands, my feet, my fingers, my whatever. I mean, it, it didn't, you know, didn't help him from going on everything and bashing the team, putting on Raiders gear. I mean, what is this, like five years now? We're still got to hear about this at least once once a year when he sits down with DB next to the, the fireplace. But now he's popping up on other podcasts. Most Lions fans agreed with me. Yeah. He did quit on the team. Yeah, he shouldn't be complaining about all the money that he had to give back, which is minuscule compared to what he made and is a really slap in the face to the city of Detroit and people that work their butt off every day for no money. And this guy's clamoring about a team taking a little bit of money back, which let me go on this rant, Grifka. You didn't earn that money. You didn't play out your contract. You could have just loafed around for another couple years and made your 80 catches a year. We would have won nothing with you because you were making $20 million. We, we could have, we could have done that. And instead you walked away. So we took a couple million bucks that you didn't earn. Wow. Like, I guess, I guess it would be nice. Griffith, you just quit your job tomorrow, go home and then go home and say, but you guys are still going to pay me. Right. And they're going to say, but you're not here. Yeah, but you're still going to pay me, right? And I go, but you're not working for us anymore. 
but you're still going to pay me, right? And then they just hang up the phone on you and say, no, we ain't paying you anymore. You quit. You're not working here anymore. You don't get paid. It's as simple as that, Grifka. So, like I said, I had to get after a few people on Twitter about it. You can hold him up in this high esteem, say he was a great receiver. The fact that he walked away from his teammates, the fact that he is bitching, let's put it simply, about a couple million dollars is ridiculous. And the fact that he has to go talk about it every podcast, he could just stay to himself, never mention it, be out and about. Instead, he doesn't. And to say you want to go play with Aaron Rodgers is a slap in the face to Matt Stafford and every Lions fan out there. The fact that you want to say, oh, I wonder what that would have been like. Get out of here with that, man. Nobody wants to hear that. It's just it's ridiculous on so many levels, Griffey. You get you can tell I'm hot right now. And it's because I'm just sick of this, man. If the guy would have went away and never said anything, nobody would have a problem with this guy. I mean, I, the only thing I was happy about was getting that money off the books. Like, wow, you could have came back and caught some touchdowns, and we wouldn't have won anything. Wow, we could have done that for another two to three years. That would have been great. Instead, you went away, and I was hoping we'd take that money and be able to put a better team out there. Instead, we've still been in mediocrity, but the fact that you got to go out and talk Calvin Johnson every year, multiple times a year, it's just like, if you just went away and said, man, I just done with the game, I'm going to be happy with my wife, kids, whatever, and just never came out and said all this crap or held this stupid grudge. Wouldn't have this problem with you, but I do. And for you to be talking about other teams, other quarterbacks, other players, that's ridiculous, you know, for, for what this city, for what Matt Stafford, for what this team gave you. And again, it's about the team. It's not about you. So that's where I'm at with it, Griff. Again. Tried not to say anything, but you brought it up multiple times, and, and that's my take, man. I'm not going to apologize for it. I'm not going to sit here and, and hold Calvin Johnson as high regime or esteem just because, you know, what he did for what? Not even, he probably had four, he probably had five, six good seasons at max here, and then a couple that were down or when he was hurt. So this guy was no best of all time. He wasn't, uh, you know, he was a stat legend for the Lions. He didn't ever help us win anything. So the fact that he goes out and bashes us and cares about money and just wants to drag us through the mud. And that's us talking about other players, especially on the Packers of all people. That smug number 12 over there in Green Bay. Get out of here with this, man. Is this the last time? We got to talk about this, or in about 365 days, are you going to say, Hey, Graham, I wanted to ask you about the Calvin Johnson Dave Burkett interview. What are your thoughts? And I'm going to have to go on the same diatribe for 30 minutes. Is that going to happen? Yeah, probably, because I like it when you get your blood up like that. It's pretty funny. Right. So I hope people enjoyed that for entertainment. It got me hot. I'm sick of talking about it. Just go away, please, and let us play football and hopefully start to win football games and if the Lions win I will never think about Calvin Johnson ever again I don't think about him ever now and it that's what it is just just go away be quiet don't bash our organization don't bash the organization that gave you your whole life basically and and let us let the Lions try to get themselves together and win for the city win for their team their current team and just worry about that like that's all I want just want wins for the team, the city of Detroit. That's it. Yep. Okay, let's do this. Um, now that your blood's up, um, let's take a quick break here. And uh, it's a commercial-free show. But uh, Derek, uh, why don't you tell us about the uh, 
other uh, Believe In podcast that you do with uh, the Lions great Benny Blades. Grifka, like you, you said, I'm hot, but what I'm really am is fired up for this show because on Thursday mornings on your favorite podcast platform, you can listen to BLEAV. They call it Believe in Lions on the Believe Podcasting Network. Me and the one and only legendary Lion Safety Benny Blades from the U. <laughs> uh, we, we, we break it down. We talk Lions. He mentions the Hurricanes about 20 times a show. Um, you know, I, I was going to talk smack to him about Michigan, but they've let me down this year. I don't know what's going on in Ann Arbor, but we talk about all that. We laugh. He tells a bunch of great stories about the team, and uh, we just want you to hit that subscribe button. So please go ahead and do that. Um, I know recently I've been playing some ads, but this will just be a live read. You can check out uh, BLEAV and Lions on any podcast platform. Hit that subscribe button and uh, share it with a friend for sure. We uh, continue to grow week by week. Benny uh, just gets funnier week by week. We have a lot of fun on that show, and I cannot wait to talk to him about a, uh, gosh, we got a Lions victory that we talked about this week. We're heading into Carolina. I know he's fired up. You got to listen to that show. Dropped on Thursday. Drops every Thursday on Apple, uh, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, um, Amazon Music, wherever you want to find it. It's out there. So please go check out Believe in Lions on the Believe Podcasting Network. Appreciate that, Grifka. And let's get into the back half of this show because, I mean, you, you asked me some ridiculous questions, and then you asked me a really ridiculous question about Calvin. I went off for about 15 minutes there. So let's go ahead and get into some football, maybe talk about this Carolina game that's on the docket and how the Lions are going to try to do what I say every week, go score one other po- point than the opponent, find a way to win the turnover battle, and find a way to win this football game despite some of their shortcomings. Let's do this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So my first question to you is, I mean, as you mentioned earlier, that uh, McCaffrey's hurt, um, Teddy Bridgewater hurt his knee. It's not blown out, but it's not looking good for him on Sunday. So this uh, offense, even though they still have DJ Moore at the uh, wide receiver position, um, do you think the Lions defense can take advantage of some of the uh, offensive shortcomings that Carolina now has and uh, either put some pressure on, create some turnovers, and uh, maybe have one of their better games this year? I mean, we'll have to wait and see. Like, to me, the defense is an enigma. Like, I mean, it. well, I don't want to call it an enigma because really, like, every week, I'm not expecting much from the defense. You know, if they if they get off the field on third down, maybe they get a sack or two. You know, I, I can't remember the last interception. It seems like it's been quite a while now. Um, they got a fumble, I think, against Washington, which was nice to see, but... Uh, you know, the the biggest thing is is not you know Teddy Teddy White gloves is is a very you know careful quarterback. I mean, he looks like Mickey Mouse with those two gloves on, but he he protects the football. He's had a pretty good year, so not having him out there would seem to bode well for the Lions. And you know, it sounds like the guy that might play is what is it P.J. Walker? Is that who it is from the XFL? 
I mean, tore up that league is a kind of a running quarterback. But if you look this year, you know, Lions have found a way to deal with little running quarterbacks. Yeah, Grifka, that's everybody's favorite player, Kyler Murray. Oh, we got to talk about the the Hale Murray, all this garbage I got to hear this week. Wow, you you made a throw. Congratulations. Wow, you won a couple games. How about the Lions took it to you and beat you, what, in their house in Arizona? Isn't that what they did, Grifka? So, I mean, I feel like the Lions have a way about these running quarterbacks or guys that, uh, you know, aren't proven. And PJ Walker definitely is not proven. So, I mean, I think that's going to be a big thing if they can bottle him up. And then some of the receivers they do have, like you said, DJ Moore, Samuel, um, those are the type of receivers I fear the Lions are kind of those little catch and run type guys or guys that are pretty dynamic when it comes to once the ball is in their hands. So they're going to have to find a way to bottle them up. But yeah, not having them and, and no Christian McCaffrey in the backfield. I mean, it's going to be a bonus, but you know, Mike Davis is no slouch. And, and to me, this defense still hasn't shown me enough that I get excited about it every week. I'm more just like, hey, try to hold Pat and hope this offense can can do some things and help you win the ball game. Yeah, I think what the defense ought to do on this where Matt Pat's done this, where I mentioned this on prior shows against quarterbacks with little to no experience in the NFLs, they seem to blitz more. They bring more packages to bring the linebackers to confuse the quarterbacks. I think they're going to have to do the same thing here. Um, they blitzed a little bit against Alex Smith when they were playing the Washington football team. And, uh, you know, Alex Smith, I mean, he, even though he was what, out a couple of years for his knee injury. I mean, he still had seen a lot. They they didn't blitz all that often. They did bring a couple, but they blitzed more against, you know, like you said, against Kyler Murray to try to get him off his game. And even though he can run, I don't think Walker's nearly as dynamic a quarterback as Kyler Murray is. So I think the Lions are, might go back to that that they did against some, was it, uh, less seasoned quarterbacks. And I think uh, they're going to bring more blitzes and try to uh, help out their cornerbacks a little bit more as opposed to giving this guy time to survey the field. And if he doesn't see anything, take off and run. So um, I realize blitzing does open up other running lanes, but uh, if a quarterback ends up looking at the rush as opposed to the wide receivers down the field, that can also uh, affect them in the pocket and and can help the defense as well. So I think they're going to bring more blitzes this week and not just sit back there and let this guy get confidence dinking and dunking down the field. So that's what the Lions are going to have to do on defense here. So with that being said, do you think the Lions, I mean, I know we're we're asking for it, saying it's one of those things. Can you maybe see an interception or two, maybe a a, a fumble, was a strip sack, something like that? You you think maybe the Lions get maybe, you know, three-plus turnovers or two-plus turnovers this week? I mean, they, they need to, like, it's, it's common knowledge. It's simple football. You win the turnover battle, you win ball games. The the Lions have proved that year after year. Um, I, I just don't know where the turnovers are going to be created because I don't see much juice from this defense. I see Okuda playing 10 yards off. I see people just wide open in zones again. Like you said, you know, Limited pressure, except from Okwara, who has been had, had another good year. It's two out of three. If you want to go back to our Wednesday show and hear that argument, um, he's been he's been really good. Um, I, we didn't even talk about Everson Griffin last uh, with Logan or at all, but Everson Griffin had a sack and five QB hits. I mean, he was he was in there multiple times where he could have got after the quarterback. I thought he had a great game against the WFT. So. 
you know, if he can keep that juice rolling until we can get Flowers back, and uh, you know that that'd be a nice bonus. I like him as a, a gritty, grimy dog, Grifka on the defense side of the ball. So hopefully he can get it. But I don't see many turnovers because I I hate to say this, but it's time. Like I I just feel like Matt Patricia. I was on this show for weeks and weeks, even uh, its first year and a half or so, saying. He's smart, Grifka. He's he's going to outthink the other team. He's going to come up with these schemes that are going to help us win. I, I don't see it anymore, man. I, I see a guy that is smart and that does know football, but I don't think he knows it in a way where he can outthink some of these other coaches. And I don't know if you're going to get to this question or not, but even though Matt Rule's in his first year in the NFL, I feel like Matt Rule is one of those tactical wizards that just like – he not only can draw it up on the in the dirt type of guy, but he's a guy guy that will like do anything to win. He will just pull out some crazy trick plays. I could see him being real aggressive. I could see him just kind of out, just being more tactful than Matt Patricia in this game, and and proving that he's like a better coach when it comes to just drawing up something to help us win on Sundays. Where I feel like Patricia is more in that mode of like. Just just wait it out and it's going to work at some point. And I reached my point a couple weeks ago where I'm like, no, you're doing the same thing you've been doing and putting these same players out there is not going to give us a, a drastically different result. Is it going to keep you in games at times? Sure. Is it going to maybe allow your offense to help you win games? Sure. But unless you really flip the script or I haven't seen him do anything recently where I was like, wow. What a what an incredible move by the head coach, or what a what a great you know tactful move that helped us get a leg up on another team. I just see him standing there, running the same type of stuff, and hoping that the result's good in the end. And sometimes it has been, and sometimes it hasn't. So, um, you know, the defense needs to create turnovers, needs to create pressure, but unless the coach can draw up something and get his players to buy in, I'm just expecting another game where we let a quarterback take it to us and we're sitting there trying to hold on in the end is kind of what I'm expecting in this type of game yeah I'm on sounds odd I'm unfortunately there with you if they do get a turnover agree yeah I agree with you (laughs) if 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 they do if if the Lions defense is fortunate enough enough to get a couple turnovers. I mean, if it's an interception, I don't see it coming out of a, one of our cornerbacks. It's, I, I'm, I would think it's probably going to have to be, you know, out of one of our safeties and you're probably looking at more at Harmon coming up with that. Um, if it's a fumble, it's obviously going to be probably a strip sack. Um, the running backs um, down in Carolina, they don't put the ball on the ground a lot, but you know, young quarterback, it might be a strip sack, you know, a guy that likes to run guys that like to run like that tend to, uh, I don't want to say get a little careless with the football holding it, but there's more opportunity for it to be knocked out of the hand for a strip sack. So that's where, if you're getting turnovers, that's where they're going to come from this week. Um, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned it because I did want to, you know, mention that you know, the young head coach for the Carolina Panthers and uh, Matt Rule coming from the college ball where Matt Patricia, you know, was obviously in the NFL for a number of years and what the differences are. And, but yeah, I'm right there yeah, once again, I have to agree with you on that. We know what Matt Patricia is, and Matt Rule still trying to find his way. You know, this is one of those things that's it's kind of caution the one they've lost. Carolina's lost, like, what, four or five games in a row, something like that, where they were pretty hot early in the year, and people were kind of surprised where they were at. But um, 
you know, this is desperation time for him. So Matt Rule does seem like that type of coach. He did it in college, you know, when he was at Baylor. Just kind of throw caution to the wind. It's like, we're going to go out there. We're going to have fun and chuck the ball around as much as possible. We're not going to play close, close to the fence, you know, try to, you know, ground and pound and, you know, keep the Lions offense off the field. You know, I don't think he's going to – he's not that type of coach. This is where they need this W if Carolina is still interested in making the playoffs, you know, just as much as the Lions need this W. So, but I think Matt Rules, obviously, he's got more, more, I don't know, he's got more, you know, he's got more rope to play with, I guess, for lack of a better term, that he can go out there and the management realizes his first year. So, yeah, if he goes out there and runs all these trick plays, you know, starts just trying to chuck the ball down the field, He's going to get more slack. Okay, you guys were out there winning the game where Matt, Pat, you know, it doesn't ever seem like he does that. It seems like he pulls out the trick play when the season's lost and everybody gets all hyped wondering, like, how come he didn't do that earlier? So, you know, once again, like I said, I I just have to agree with you on that where Matt Rule, I'd be more afraid of his coaching style in this game than Matt Patricia's. It's a good point by you, Grifka. Like I say, uh, I think he'll be a little bit uh, more fearless as well as, like I say, don't be surprised if if we're sitting here, you know, talking about some some play that rule pulls out more so than than what Matt Pat does. Because like I say, there's some coaches, you know, the Sean Paytons of the world, the McVeighs, the whoever, Andy Reeds, where you're just like, man, these coaches give their team an advantage. These coaches every week are dialing up something that is helping them get over the hump win. maybe it's even like a, what Vrabel did where he was sort of like outthinking the rules and like sort of maneuvering the rules in his favor to help him get W's. I mean, that stuff matters. And I just can't remember except all the way back to what 2018, where he was putting together that bare front defense and, and, you know, found a way to get us top 10 and, and run defense where you really felt like, wow, our coaches, I remember coming on the show one of those times and saying like, he's, he's drawing up defenses every week that are helping us stay in ball games without, you know, I don't know if we had injuries to some players or just, we were a little bit down, but it felt like he kept us in games and that's been year and a half, two years ago, you know, it's kind of like, I don't know what he's done since other than same old, same old, you know, ho-hum, oh, you know, we just, we, we try to stay balanced, all this stuff that just, that's, that's not what I need from my head coach to help us, uh, especially a team like the Lions that needs a little bit of juice, needs a little bit of oomph to get up over the top in some of these ball games. You can't just come and play cookie cutter football and think that you're going to beat some of these teams that are better than you on paper or that have more elite players. So this is a big, big game for Matt Patricia put two wins together again, as well as another quote unquote road win, as well as heading into Thanksgiving Turkey day with a little Mo. I mean, this guy needs this one and I would love to see a little emotion too, from him on the sideline. Even if it's just a little fist pump to his players, a little bit of uh, getting after the refs when they make some of these horrible calls that I have to watch every week. Like, would it kill you to chew somebody out every once in a while? I mean, gosh, that's another coaching advantage. You don't think they, they give you a little bit of calls when you ride their tail from the beginning of the game to the end. I mean, if they think you're just a pushover, they're going to do whatever they want, as you often say. So big game for Matt Patricia versus Matt rule here. What Matt is going to be better. Call in the Kool-Aid cast line at whatever. What's the number, Grifka, that people can call? Right. Well, everybody knows this one. It's 989-272-3484. Once again, 989-272-3484. 
dial us up, call it in. Which mat do you got? <laughs> Sounds like a radio uh, promo for one of their stupid topics they make up every day. Yeah, it, actually, it does. Um, uh, next question for you. Uh, as we talked about it, you know, consp- conspiracy theory aside, um, with uh, Matt Stafford's injured hand, do you think uh, this is going to affect the offensive game plan? Uh, you think they're going to try to look to run the ball more so than not, or do you think it's one of those things where they still try to do the balance, you know, passing, running type thing? Griffka, did you say conspiracy theory? Yes. <laughs> Griffka, are you here to tell me that you're putting rumor and innuendo out there that Matt Stafford's thumb may not be hurt as bad as it is, or maybe it's hurt worse and they're not letting us know? Or are you... Are you insinuating this, that it could be some type of, uh, you know, just some type of tomfoolery going on here? Of course, man. Uh, you know, if the lines, you know, if something happens, you know, because we know after the season, it'll be like, his thumb was so much worse than he let on. And he still went out there and played. So, <laughs> you know, you know how it is. But, you know, if he turns around and like, oh, someone that bad, you know, it's good to go. Isn't that my bit normally where I, I downplay all of Matt Stafford's injuries because it feels like he's the toughest guy ever, yet at times the wimpiest guy ever because every time he gets tackled, his back's broken, he's got a concussion, he's his thumb is hurt, tape up my hand, yet he, he seemed to throw the football fine against the WFT. So I, I feel like he's got a little bit of that Tayshawn Prince in him, a little bit of that, uh, oh, I'm dead, oh wait, no, I'm fine, let's let's go play. <laughs> like I, I, I don't know what to think about this thumb injury. Like when I saw him shaking it and getting it taped up, I'm like, here we go. I'm going to have to hear about this for the next eight weeks about how, you know, he's trying a glove. <laughs> Remember that whole fiasco with his index finger? Trying a glove. He's got a splint. The only time we'd hear about it is when he'd throw a pick six or something. Oh, it must have been his hand. Yet the rest of the game, he was throwing it all around the yard with no issues whatsoever. So, I don't know. I don't even know what your question was. But my rant is Matt Stafford and these little dinky hand injuries. People are like, oh, it's this throwing hand. Yeah, but did you notice any drop-off whatsoever? So the fact that he had to have a big old wrist tape, he's probably going to come out with some customized contraption this Sunday, and they're going to take close-ups of it, and he's probably going to have a hand warmer on, and he's going to get the old Sam Martin starter kit just in case he needs it during the game to be able to grip the football. Like, I think he's fine. I think he plays up some of this stuff for whatever reason, and... Just go out, throw the football, win the game, play like you played against the WFT, not how you played against the freaking Vikings where you just threw the game away and then wanted to tell us how you were quarantined and you missed your family and kids. Like, yeah, we all have stuff like that going on and you make $30 million. So I don't care if you were cooped up in a Motel 6 or or you were at home and your kids are running around the house like crazy fools. Just go out and throw touchdowns. Don't throw interceptions and don't like give us this uh you know that you're in some type of peril every time you go to the ground i mean gosh it's it's it gets ridiculous at times i mean and then how tough is he how tough is he i I, he stays in he plays through but the fact that he's got to tape everything up and baby everything is is very frustrating at times so i probably didn't answer your question but that's my that's my thoughts no you didn't but um you're Actually, your answer to what I had asked him leads me to uh, to 
think this. I always think this when you're talking about the conspiracy and like, oh, Stafford's not hurt as bad or something like that, or he played through and everybody calls him so tough. You know, who gets called like the toughest quarterback, like has for like, the last ten years, and that's Ben Roethlisberger. I know he doesn't play for the Lions, but it didn't seem like every injury that he got. It's like ESPN or like NFL Networks, like makes it sound like he's on his deathbed and they're calling the priest in for the last rites and like I don't think he's gonna play he's like you know doubtful all week you know and they're like he may be out or something like that then all of a sudden like you know you're watching you know the frock the fox pregame and they're doing the in and out and they're like yeah man you know Ben Roethlisberger was dragged out onto the field onto a gurney today but he's able to get under center this week and he goes out there and throws for like 300 and four touchdowns and like oh my gosh he's the toughest guy around but then come Monday it's just like oh my god they're they're at the graveyard digging his grave right now. How is he going to do it? And he's like, but he's able to like, you know, drag himself out there every week. And he looks perfectly fine. You know, that's Ben Roethlisberger. So like when you say that, it just, it, it always makes me think, you know, it just drives me nuts. It's just like the dude's out there fine, but you know, all of a sudden, but like, you know, pregame's like, oh my gosh, how's he going to play? Oh gosh, how's he going to play? It's just like, are you kidding me? He stubbed his toe on his coffee table. He's fine. Give me a break. Grifka, this is a rarity on the show, so I got to note it, and I think I'll even do a Grifka bell for it. That's, 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 gosh, that's two good points by you in one show. I think that's a new record. <laughs> and, and it's, it's just such a great comparison. I mean, it's, 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 it's a perfect analogy. Like That is, Matt Stafford has Roethlisberger, Burger-itis, there ain't no doubt. And and why do you think Roethlisberger gets so much love, Griffka? I'm just curious. Oh, we all know that, because he plays for one of the chosen teams. That's what why some of those be? He's, he's chosen. He's chosen. <laughs> he plays for the Steelers, man. What, what would some of the other, like, favored teams be in the NFL? <laughs> we, we mentioned one earlier, the one team that Calvin Johnson wanted to go play for, the Packers and the Patriots and the Cowboys and, you know? But, um, 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 was it Amari Cooper? We're always like on TV. That's because you are, because you play for the Cowboys. No matter how crappy you are, it's just like like earlier this year. I was wondering why do the New York Jets have a Monday night football game? Really? Because oh, they're new, the New York market. They are terrible, and everybody knew they were going to be terrible going into this year. But still, ESPN's like, well, we got to get the New York market to get their ratings, so let's put the Jets on. Oh my gosh, that team is freaking terrible. And the Cowboys, no matter how junky they are, it's just like they have to have like, oh, we need to put them on the Sunday night game. We need to put them on the Monday night game. But it's, they got to be the 4:30 game of the week. It's just like this team sucks, and they're like, oh, well, well, they get big ratings. Well, you know, yeah, don't leave it up to the good teams out there. You know, just leave it up to them to the deal. These guys will get ratings. They are terrible. Take them off TV. Because the the part of the conspiracy you're missing is that the Jets are playing. The Patriots. Oh, that's <laughs> so yeah, that that's might be a reason too. But still, man, I don't care, man. God, is it, that game, that game right there. I mean, what the Patriots were under five hundred. That should have been a one o'clock start with like the number five crew for like CBS. Because should have been a Gabe Delib calling that game. And it's, hey, man, you know Cam Newton, man out, man out there. He threw man through another man, through another man, through another touch, man. Like what attack, man? Akib to leave. Unlike Calvin Johnson, I got your back, Akib. Like I thought you were funny. I thought it was refreshing. I thought it was so bad it was good. And the fact that you were just so swaggy, like you had been there your whole life. Like a, yet, 
yet you were so nervous made it just cringeworthy good. That was good that stuff. That was like a mad TV Keen. skit. I was waiting for Keem Peel to like, you know, come on there and do something because, you know, that was like one of the oh. worst announced games I've ever heard. Oh, it was so good. Anyways, back to I, Detroit, I keep, Carolina. Keep doing your thing, Talib. What, okay, what else we got? I'm losing my voice here. Well, let's do this. I mean, uh, it's been a long time and like we we know we talked about this. Let's do this. Let's just give a final score. Uh, what do you got on this game? Gosh, man, I it's late in the week here, and I haven't even thought about a score necessarily, but, I mean, going to Carolina, they're beat up. We talked about the coaching comparison. Uh, Carolina's actually played pretty good this year as a football team. Like, I'm going to go ahead and, like, say this is going to be a lower-scoring game, so give me, like, 23 for the Lions, 21 for Carolina. Uh, another crazy nail biter. The Lions find a way. They they flying home with more mojo, heading into Turkey Day with a big dub ski to get the 500 again. Okay. Um, Carolina is another one of those spots where Detroit just seemingly doesn't play well there's been so many years i'm like oh they'll go down there and win and they don't show up but uh this year i think feels a little different they're missing their star running back they're missing their quarterback like you said mike davis in the backfield and he's he's not really slouch but he's not mccaffrey either so i think this one detroit's a little more motivated coming off a uh, uh a nail-biting win against the washington football team and so yeah i think uh, i'm gonna pick uh, the lions to win this one i am winning this game uh 21 to 13. Oh, I like it. Hey, Grifka, they got Mike Davis. They got PJ Walker. I think that's his name. I don't even know. Um, if we know those guys aren't, uh, you know, extremely good football players. We also know, at least for Mike Davis's case, that he's not horrible. What's a phrase you might use to, to kind of sum up the Carolina Panthers right now as a football team and as where they're coming in to play the Lions? Uh, not that great. <laughs> exactly. I don't think they're that great at all. I think the Lions need to find a way to win. I mean, we have not pulled out any trickery this year. I feel like it's time to do so. Daryl Bevel, I'm talking to you. I'm saying feature DeAndre Swizzle Sticks because he's that good and he's just electric. Every time I watch him, I jump out of my chair with some of the runs and catches and plays that he makes. Get him the football. Um, I don't think you're going to see Kenny Galladay, but I still think they can throw it around a little bit. Carolina, man, psh, ain't that great. Like, go down there and get a W and show me some things. So, Grifka, do you have anything else for the people? Uh, nope. Everybody, you know, you know what you got to do this Sunday. Drink it in, man. You know what we do here on the Kool-Aid cast twice a week, Wednesdays and Fridays. Drink it in, man. Let's go get another win. Let's go to 500. Let's stay in that playoff hunt and see what this team can do. Let's do it. Appreciate you guys listening to Fun Show this week. Catch us next week right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Drink it in, man. Take care, everybody. We're out. Drink it in, man.